Don't know. Sibilance, sibilance. Check, check, check. <laughs> That's what I say when we do level checks on ours. <laughs> All right, well, welcome back to yet another exciting edition of the Decipio Cubs podcast. And like Sam just said, apparently it's just our podcast now. So yeah, I'm, that's, I'm Andy and he's Sam. Mike I'm calling and, him like I see him, Andy. Mike and Kyle have bailed on us. I don't know why. The Cubs are playing pretty good right now. You'd think you'd <laughs> want to be in on this. It's only 10 nothing in the fourth as we record this. So, Yeah. That's great. Good what was your stuff. favorite part of the game tonight? Was it uh, Cole not being able to decide whether to back up home or actually cover first or – them setting up a bunt defense that required Tony Kemp to run, oh, 180 feet to try to cover first base. Uh, um, yeah, that just... was all good. I thought his 89-mile-an-hour fastball to Cesar Hernandez was particularly encouraging. I don't think there's anything to worry about with Hamels, though. It's not like the last time he came back from an oblique, he was terrible for a year right. and a half. He didn't get completely horsed. This should be fine. This is this, so. This looks good so far. The past two starts, you know. Before before we came on here, because I turned the game off about half an hour before we came on, twenty minutes. And I'm trying to find a level of zen, Andy. You know, I'm, I'm trying to understand what this Cubs fandom and and now writer is all about. And and I I hate this team. I hate this version. This this year's team. I've. I've decided, but what what I what I've come to realize is that hating the team is really part of the fandom. We don't we don't do this because we think we're going to get 180 days of joy. You know, you you get your 2016 and you appreciate that when it happens. But really, I sign up for this. I sign up <laughs> for the back and forth because after the last road trip, I I was furious, and then they went five and one against the Brewers and. Whoever came in after that, I can't remember. The A's. The A's, who are a good team. Yep. And they look good playing them, except for Lester's start. And I'm like, okay. And we do that. We've been doing this all year. They have a great homestand. Like, okay, this is when things will click. And then they go on the road and they and they and they look like the Marlins. And I and I, I'm ready to chuck them. And you know, after I've like made I you know, I plan my nights around watching the Cubs right now, because it's late in the season and it's important and it's Part of my job, but every time I do, they get walloped, mm. or or worse yet, games like last night where they manage five hits off a complete tub of shit. Yep. In Jason Vargas, I'm so, that is unacceptable. That man was sweating when he pulled yeah. into the parking lot. He is he's moist all right. the time. And uh, you know, I I'm bordering on what this might how people will take it, but Bill and JD were like, "Oh yeah, it's the first inning, and Vargas is working up a sweat." I'm like, no, he just looks like that. <laughs> He just looks like the guy who's always sweating. Um, but, you know, I, I, I realized in the 20 minutes before we started this that this is just part of it. This is what you sign up for, that this team is going to throw you from one side of the other to the other. And you don't have to hide from either one of them. I and everyone else is perfectly uh, – it's perfectly acceptable to be upset at these past two games, just as it is perfectly acceptable – to be excited by the six games on the homestand. And that's just how this season's going to be. We're just going to swing wildly, and I'm going to just soak in any of the emotions. I'm not going to avoid them. I'm not going to try and cancel them out by telling myself what comes next. Uh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to head first right into all of it because that's really why we're here. And I've given up hope that they're going to pull away in this division, that by the end of September, they'll somehow be three or four games up. Because those two teams that are chasing them blow, they're not going to do it. It's going to be chewing our fingernails and teeth gnashing and anything to do with teeth <laughs> all the way to the end of the season. And I'm just going to accept that. And it's not—it's probably not going to be fun. Uh, I probably will lose years off my life, but really, what's that? And uh, that's just how it's going to be. So that—that that is what I have been pondering as as I, I show prepped for tonight's mm. podcast. Well, you used the word that I was that I'd been thinking of for weeks now, which is fun. It's just not they're not fun to watch. When no. they when they win you feel like you've just survived. Right. And then they find all kinds of ways to heap indignities upon themselves and us. Well here's here's the other thing, and I think this is a little more concerning than it might appear on the service. They don't look like they have as much fun. 
And that was part of, and I'm still pro Madden for the most part because I think he's maximized every team he's been given. But the thing about Madden teams is they always looked like they were having fun, and when they were losing, they kind of just shrugged it off because they were confident they would pull it out in the end. Even last year's team, when they were exhausted and playing 46 straight days or whatever, still looked like they enjoyed being there. I don't get the impression this team enjoys being there. That was my biggest problem with Teddy's postseason rant was it, it – it just seemed like he wanted a pound of flesh out of everybody but him. Teddy. And he was just <laughs> mad. And we're going to change things. It was basically he gave the Dean Wormer no more fun of any kind speech at the end of the season. And that's right. it's carried over to this year. You're exactly right. I mean, I mean, there was there was a time early in the year when they weren't playing very well where they had back-to-back games where first Javi got a big hit and then Contreras got a big hit. And obviously they're emotional guys. They seemed to express extra emotion and it was directed at the dugout from the field almost to say, you know, does anybody else care? Because we we would really like for you guys to care. Right. There's none of the antics. I don't know if they still have what the the Bears ripped off and called Club Dub. Uh, You know, okay, they've got the big red phone for homers now, I guess. And I guess that was sort of what Castellanos had brought for a week or so since he's been here. He looks like he's having a great time. Why wouldn't he? He's out of Detroit. It's not Detroit. He's not a tiger anymore. He should be having the time of his life. I mean, the bad games like tonight are, he was, he was getting that every night. Right. So he's like, this only happens once or twice a week here. Right. Great. I mean, when they got blown out by the A's and they bring in Schwarber to catch and they have Taylor Davis pitch. Okay. Like, Everyone's smiling and having a goof, and they're okay. That's good, you know. Have some humor about this. Well, this one got away from me, fine. But like, even when they win, you know, I, I don't want to. I always think it's stupid when you get your talking heads trying to analyze silly things like real sports stuff. You know, so I don't sit here like, well, they don't, they don't have an organized home run celebration, and they don't, they don't do anything after they win games, and they don't wave when they're on the bases anymore, or whatever it is. But yeah, there seems to be this kind of malaise over the team. And I don't know where it comes from, because it's not like they lost anybody. It's not like anyone walked from last year who'd say, well, that was a team leader, and he kept things loose. You know, I mean, like, David Ross hasn't been around in forever. So it's not his problem, if it ever was. So yeah, I I think part of what fans are drawing from this team is it whiskey dicks its way through the season. Mm-hmm. Is that they just there isn't there isn't the same level of of exuberance and joy coming from them that we soak up. I mean, not only was the 2015 and 16 teams really good, they looked like they were having the time of their lives out there. Yeah, but like they were the anti Cardinals, like they weren't buttoned up and it's supposed to be this way, this way. They're like, we don't care. We're gonna do it this way. We're gonna have magicians in the clubhouse. Who cares? You know, and we're gonna have Rizzo stealing ten bases because it's funny. Like, you know, there doesn't seem to be any of that. And I wonder, I, I guess I sort of wonder with you, if they haven't kneecapped that from the front office in a way to kneecap Madden, because that's kind of his specialty. And that's more important than I think it gets credit for. Yeah. It's such a long fucking wow. season. And it's every day. And you like, if you, there, is there anyone in your life you want to see for like 162, <laughs> 180 days? There isn't anyone in mine. If if you say your wife, good for you. Your wife wouldn't say the same about you. (laughs) That's probably true. Um, Um, I distinctly, I distinctly remember that at the end of 2015. Obviously, I was I was disappointed because well, they got swept by the Mets, right? But the thing I missed the most, you wouldn't have cared. Well, I think I missed the most was that they just weren't going to be on anymore. They were so much fun to watch that I'm like, what do you mean? There's no more games. They're not. I remember tweeting out. It was some series in September in Milwaukee. When they had a playoff spot pretty much wrapped up. And I said, I don't care how far this team goes. I just don't want them to stop playing yeah. baseball. Just do a barnstorming tour of the Winter League tour of the Winter League in the you know, and in wherever, just so they could stay together and keep playing and I could keep watching them. And um so in the in the opposite of that, there have been times this year when I've been God, I just don't want to watch. 
Yeah, I just don't a, want it, to. And it, I feel it, it, I feel guilty because for most of my life the Cubs have been shit. This right. for most of my life this would be the best Cub team I'd ever seen. Oh, this is still going to go down as one of like the best Cubs teams. And so it's <laughs> like, well, it's not always going to be like this. And I'm going to look back someday and go, remember during that big run there were nights where I'm like, ah, God, I don't want to watch the Cubs. But that's yeah. what we've come to because it, it's, it, it has it's felt like a chore at times. And it shouldn't be because, like, they're still a first-place team. They're not a bad team. They're no. not as good as we'd like them to be. But, like, I've you know, you, you said it. We've watched some truly horrifying Cubs teams. Yeah. Yeah, and we know one, what bad looks like. I mean, this isn't, like, Dusty Baker uncomfortable yet. Like, who, who managed good teams, but you, like, actively hated them. You know, 2004, that was just like, ugh. That was a season that couldn't couldn't end fast enough. I mean, they're That's not it. actively antagonizing their fans the way that team did, <laughs> and I don't think they ever will. But yeah, there's there's there seems to be a lack of swagger to this team. Like they don't really believe that they're ever going to turn it on. You know that like like it's an empty confidence when like they give the same quotes like the past three years. When they would hit a skid, you know, skid, losing, you kind of got this nonchalance because, like, they thought, yeah, but we're good and we're going to pull out of it, and they always did, and they say the same things now. But I don't, I don't get, I don't really believe that they believe it. Well, that's a terrible sign that every every writer now has written some version of the the Cubs could feed off of Nick Castellanos' hunger. Uh huh. So you shouldn't have to pull some fucking guy out of Detroit. To show you how hard you should play. Also, that's more a veteran guy. Like, you sign the veteran guy who's never been to the World Series, you know, once every every year, every couple of years, so that the team feels the need to fight for them. Castellanos is what, like 29? Yeah. Like, he's not that guy. Now, feeding off his energy of just being in a new place, I, I think that makes a little sense. But it can't be the main theme no. of your team right your now. Your team ought to be playing with that. He should be feeding off of you. You shouldn't be having to feed off of him. Right. And I sort of, He came to a first-place team. You would think that that team would already be playing with the kind of motivation that would he'd be like, oh, this is great, instead of him having to somehow magically supply it. And I think a lot of it's bullshit. <laughs> I think writers have run out of things to write about. And so well, and that, that, that happens. And fair enough. He's the new guy. Let's write about the new guy. Yeah. Because we haven't been talking to him for six months already. But I think there's some... I think... I don't know. Maybe this is a bit of a stretch, but I think it lends credence to your Theo uh, leading the witness exit interviews from last October. Because like he's come out and said, well, we, we, we weren't tight enough. We didn't do some things before and after games. So that would prepare us to win, even though they won 95 games with a bunch of injuries and half a Chris Bryant. So it couldn't have been totally wrong. And we got this from the players. So we're going to start doing that. And now the players are kind of like, well, where's all the stuff we enjoy? Yeah. And they play like that. They sort of play like this isn't what I remember. You know, I mean, they've had the one themed road trip. Um, I don't know if they're taking more batting practice or not. I honestly don't care. No. And that was um, the kind of shit that Theo wasn't supposed to worry about. Right. I mean, that was... And I don't remember. Did he worry about this shit when he got booted out of Boston? Was this the reason he got fired there? I don't remember. I don't know. I mean, I remember he... I don't... It's hard to remember what happened before the gorilla exit and what happened <laughs> when he wanted out because they made him fire Tito. Well, and fair enough. And he'd already had two World Series there and constructed the base for the third. So he had a little more leg to stand on. If you dealt with the Boston media, you'd put the gorilla suit on, too. Yeah, I didn't blame him for that. Plus, literally, <laughs> Kino was up his ass the whole time. Right. He's not going to have to do that here whenever the end comes because rare do you ever hear a bad word about Theo. Um, yeah, he's completely Teflon. Nobody, yeah. nobody criticizes him. So... And I think he's yeah. I think he's great at his job, but I I, also I think he's know very good at his job. Even, even if you're really good at it, you still fuck stuff up. It's inevitable. Right. Well, I'm I'm like one of the five guys in Chicago who thinks Ryan Pace is very good at his job, 
while making some mistakes, including maybe quarterback, which might ruin the whole season. Yes. So that's your other podcast, and that's not why you called. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm always looking behind the curtain and trying to read tea leaves and conspiracy theory. But it would lend some credence that if well if I if I kneecap Madden from doing from being all Madden, from being as Joe Madden as he can be, and it's less effective, now I have grounds to not resign it. So now why didn't they if if that was their motivation, why didn't they just let him go last year? I am confused about that. Why didn't they just pick well? their guy if they thought, okay, that was great, Joe yeah. Joe won a World Series here, he's a legend, he'll go to the Hall of Fame, we'll go to his Hall of Fame induction and Pretend like everything was great the whole time, but we're going to move right. on. Well, let's or we're just going to not let him do his job for a year. Okay. And then is it because they just Ricketts told him, no, we're not paying two managers? There you go. Yeah, That's the Occam's razor of this. I mean, what does Madden make? Five, six million? Yeah. He got a winning the World Series, got him an extra year and an extra million a year. So okay. That worked out for him pretty well. Okay. So you fire him, you owe him the whole six million. Unless, unless he gets another job, which he's probably not going to take. He's, no, he would have sat out. He would have sat out he, this year. He would have sat and collected each penny of his contract. He'd have driven the. He'd have toured the world in his RV. So if you, yeah. so if you're paying him six million now, whoever they hire is not going to be a name. You you know that Theo and Jed do not want to hire a name. You can take Joe Girardi no. and shove it. Yep. They do not want Joe Girardi with his own plan. They want a guy. They want their Aaron Boone. They want their Alex Cora. Of, you know, someone kind of off the street who's going to run the team exactly as they see it, uh, who, who's relatable to players because he was a player very recently. But that's still $3 million a year? Yeah, two, I'm sure two at least. Two at least. And that's $2 million that the Ricketts are like, well, wait a minute. Well, the, the if you keep already, him, I don't have to pay that? The keep Ricketts have, have already told you they don't want to spend an extra $6 million on the field yeah. on players. So they don't want to have six million go to waste on some guy traveling the world in his RV, as you just put it. So I think that is the most likely explanation why they didn't fire Joe Madden. But at the same time, how are you going to fire a guy who won ninety-five games with half a Chris Bryant yeah. and no bullpen because your ace bullpen signing was made of balsa wood, <laughs> who had pitched every game of the World Series? How are you going to sell that? Yeah, when you're already paying. You're paying at least two pitching coaches and two hitting coaches, if not three. Right. So you're gonna blame you're gonna blame everybody else. Oh, it's Chili Davis's fault. Great. That offense looks so much better now because it has what do you know, Chris Bryant in it. <laughs> and you yeah, okay, you know, it's still kind of weird what happened with last year's pitching coach, because that was Joe's guy and they said it was personal reasons, but now he's working again. And now you've got Hadavi, who every time he goes out for a meeting, yep. he comes back and the next pitch is a three-run homer. And there aren't even any guys on base. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'll give him credit. It, it took it took an extra hitter tonight before the Grand Slam came. Right. And whatever, that's Alec Mills. But, I, he, but, he, but here's my theory. He had Mills – Mills walked the guy before, so clearly Hadavi told him, pitch around this guy, then you can give up the Grand Slam. Then you can give up the homer. Right now it's just a three-run shot, and that's not enough. That's not enough. We we got to end this game for good. Uh, and I, I mean, we've taken, I, you know, I, I feel like I've come onto your podcast and turned it into like a constant rainstorm every time I'm on. <laughs> and maybe it was before. It I'm going to be honest. I didn't it's, listen that often. That's exactly what it was before. Um, and I, I mean, I, the reason I'm so upset is because I still think this team is going to win the division. Because if only because the other two teams are so mediocre, or so very mediocre. Like and, and like now, like Hater on Milwaukee, he looks so hittable. Yes. Right? I was watching that game last night, and and Marlon Gonzalez. I mean, it didn't even look hard for him. He's <laughs> like, I'm rolling up there, and this doofus is going to throw me a first pitch fastball. So I'm selling out on that, and he hit it to Oshkosh. But yeah, they don't yeah. have him; they're sunk. Yeah, well, you hate to see it. You really Such do. A, when bad things happen to good people, it's um, really tough. It's really tough to watch. But yeah, I was just, I mean, like, I don't know. Again, much like the Blackhawks, the world I come from, we're not going to know any about, any about this until someone writes the tell-all book a decade from now. Yeah. It'll probably be you. 
Um, yeah, but I'll just make it all up. These days, I don't think that's going to be a problem. <laughs> um, it's just so very strange that that they would. I don't know. I, I if they want to sell, not bringing Madden back, you don't have to set him up to fail at the expense of your team. No. I don't. And the whole timing of it is so weird. With the they sat around forever talking about how great it was going to be to finally get their own TV network. And you would really think that they would be, I mean, when you want to go into that season coming off of a huge successful year with all the fans excited, well, that and would they be the nickel and dime, they nickel make. and dimed everything, you know, first Theo berates his team at the post game <laughs> right. press conference, talks about how shit they are and how everything's got to change. And then he can't, bring in anybody of note so he'd run they have to run it all back again and the guys show up for spring training like hey hey <laughs> nice to see you good to see you again glad to be here they should have kept tommy listella just for the bounce house in the parking lot they needed something right um just the weird videos they could play at spring training um yeah it's very very odd okay so here's another here's i was thinking about this today with the tv network that was supposedly going to open up the money spigot, but they're already making noise that that can't happen. So you're prepared for November and December when they do nothing. Yeah. When they let all that salary fall off the books and then just eat it. So the, don't the spend Rickets, it on anything. The Ricketts bought the team before the 2011 season, right? Somewhere around there? 10, I think. Because I remember they... I think they it was happening during the 09 season. Like right before okay. the big collapse. Right. Okay. So they've were they've been in charge for almost ten years or about ten years, pretty yeah. much. So I remember when Ricketts first took over the team when it was first official. He he went into the Score Studios and Bernstein asked him about their own television network and said, "Well, we have this contract with Comcast Sports, and that's essentially what he's saying is like that's ironclad. We can't get out of it, so we're going to run it. So that's five six years." Of being under that five, six years for them to witness the landscape and to see that these sports networks aren't the Valhalla of financial success that they used to be. They're surveying that landscape. And yet they still push ahead, and it's probably still more profitable than being ahead than being on Comcast with three other teams. So it's still a if it's even a marginal boon for them, it's probably worth doing. But someone in that organization was like, "Hey, even three years ago could have been like, "Hey, this own network thing, yeah, I know we're the Cubs and all that. It's probably not going to be what we thought it was, and we need to adjust for that." And they haven't really. And I sort of so we know that Joe is the one who actually owns the team. Because it's his money. Yep. But he's not involved in any way. He's like, here's the money. Send me my monthly check. Talk to you later. Yeah. And which is he's why not. which is why they have such a hard time spending extra because they have to go justify to dad. <laughs> right. And they don't want to do it. So, so he's not don't. involved. But he's he's clearly the brains of the family because. Well, I hope because there ain't enough brains <laughs> in the rest of them to right. stir up a headache. Right. Whatever you think of the man. And I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't care for him personally in any way, but I, I from what I can gather from reading about him, he's, he's pretty much self-made. It's you know this isn't some kid who is handed daddy's money. He built TD Ameritrade. Yeah, no, the kids are the kids who got handed. Daddy's the kids money. are the kids who got handed everything, and they don't appear to have any idea how to run anything. But they were given this thing that's almost infallible. Like you, you, you almost can't fuck up the Cubs, and that's why they bought it. And now they're trying, but they can't. <laughs> Um, they can't do it. You can't. You can't fuck up the Cubs. You just. You, I mean, you can't fuck up the Yankees because Steinbrenner tried in the '80s. He really tried. You can't do it. You know. Now you can't fuck up the Dodgers. The last guy did, but now you can't. Yeah, and he fucked it up and left with a enormous three billion dollar check. Right. Sorry. He was finally able to pay off all the parking lots that he had. Right. leveraged to the hilt 10 times. And he's got to go hand two-thirds of it to his crazy wife, <laughs> ex-wife. Yep. Um, it's a very strange situation over there, and it feels like that situation has filtered down to the team. 
that like the players don't really know what's going on here. Why are we being yelled at? Why did nothing change? Why don't we have our fun stuff anymore? And why is Theo telling everyone we asked for more batting practice? There can't be a major leaguer on earth who would say, yeah, we need to be, we need a batting practice more often. They hate batting practice, right? Oh, I think they just assume, you know, they just assume just warm up in the cage yeah. half an hour. They want to be the under, game. they want to be under the stadium. They don't want to be out. Right. On the field. Let's go. You know, like these guys train year round. They don't need to be reminded of their swing every day. Now, if you're struggling or you want to work on something, that's fine. But, like, what do you, you – who was that moron who had, had him take infield, like, once a week? Like, what? Um, it's just – they've become so bizarre. And we will run this back, you know, in two weeks or whatever after they have the home stand against the Giants and the Nationals, which I'm sure they'll go 5-1 and one on – and uh, I'll be the complete reverse of this. Yeah. I mean, I, I, no matter how much I, I, I try, I go back and forth, and I try and figure out what this team is, and I get upset, and I rant at you, or I'm happy, <laughs> and I rant at you. Either way, we know what, how this season ends, right? Like, they either biff this division, which is a major crime, or they win it, and yeah, maybe they beat the Braves. I don't think the Braves are that impressive. Maybe they don't. It's probably like that series against the Nationals where it's two teams who didn't really particularly want to win that series yeah. and someone had to. Even God didn't want it to really go forth. He kept raining on it. <laughs> and then you go get your ass kicked by the Dodgers. Like that's 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 like the best way the season could end, right? Yeah. Well, that's how the season ends this year for everybody in the National League except for the Dodgers. I mean, I could see I could see where if the Nationals kept their act together with that pitching staff, they could over five games, they can pull an upset because they're, they're like the one wild card team that's not going to be terribly handicapped by having to play in the wild card game. Like, usually, what happens is these wild card teams is they have to throw their one pitcher, yeah, like the the one, maybe they have two in the wild card game, so he can't come back till game three. He only pitches once in the series. They usually have to use another starter in relief in the wild card game, so he's down. But like the Nationals, they can they can just throw one of the three and like whatever. And then we'll throw the other two games, one and two, and be fine. Well, the Rockies were apparently so wrung out by the, the wild card They didn't game even score year. a run. They scored one run in three games after that. <laughs> we're exhausted, guys. We're, we're done here. Not only that, they didn't hit. <laughs> so, I, but, like, yeah, that's, that's, like, that's, like, the best of the season. And, like, you know, by the time October rolls around, I'll have come up with some theory in my mind that baseball weirdness – can get the Cubs through the Dodgers. I can't get them through the Dodgers and the Astros, but that's what I'll have convinced myself. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's so weird and we keep doing this podcast, but I, I, I do want to focus on just like how, how uh, just routine they seem to go through every game. It's like, it, it looks like a job to them. It looks like the same expression and emotion you and I have. Well, I don't have a regular job, but if I did, <laughs> that would be the expression I have. It's like, yeah, I'm here and I'm kind of just waiting for the clock to hit five. You know, it, it doesn't, this, this doesn't mean as much to me as it did before. And I, I think until they answer that, these are the kind of performances, you know, they, they play on the road. Like they want to go home Yeah, where they used to like be, genuinely enjoy being with each other and doing silly shit on the road and you know like oh this is we're going on the road but hey this is when we dress up like this or we do this or whatever uh now they just like when when is this trip over when yeah. do i get to go home and it's you know and maybe that's instructive because they spend more time with each other on the road than they do at home yeah and maybe i mean maybe, it'll come maybe out that's that someone, why they play like shit on the road they're like maybe maybe it'll uh, come out that someone's, someone's wife you know like that's not always a thing oh the Clubhouse is being torn up because, or is yeah. that just hockey? Or there's a, uh, yeah, or there's a weather girl. It's you know, it's <laughs> it's got to be something, <laughs> right? There's a weather girl. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's just so strange because, like, you know, even I, I'm going off two games here because, like, a split with the Reds, I thought was fine, 
because of how annoying the Reds have been. It's like, well, we'll just take it. We'll just take it. It's fine. But these two games, I mean, this Phillies team is nothing impressive. Oh, they're terrible. And, you, you know, you, you lose two games to that. I, I mean, okay, like, that's why last night I felt so bad. It's like, well, yeah, Nola's really good, and if you lose to him, that's fine. And Hamels is probably still hurt, which is worrying, but okay. But, like, yeah, you, you're starting to put your strikes out 14 guys, and you, you can't win that game yeah. because big, sweaty Vargy <laughs> – and is uh, you know the dude is sweating fucking cheese. I wonder if he got if they gave him Chase Utley's locker, and that's why he's all the his wet. jersey was yellowing. Ugh. Like he was he was so damp <laughs> in the fourth inning, his jersey was turning yellow in spots. Like I've done that to shirts for after like years. <laughs> it took him four innings, and then he went and tried to attack a reporter. I don't know. Anyway. I've been yelling at you now for a good half hour. That's good. Let it out. Let it well, I'm not out. yelling at you. I'm yelling at the general masses. Um, I had to let it. I've had I've had a battle with my kitchen sink the past few days, mm. and my apartment's very warm, so I'm letting it all out. I'm just you know. Well, the, supposedly the good thing about this road trip is that it ends with the pirates' firewall. Three right. games with them, but but Len was just <laughs> they've got the broadcasters worried. Because the pirate, are they either winning or they won already today? And he's like, "This will be the first time they won two in a row." All it's like, we're going to catch them just when they're starting to heat up. No, no, you go and you <laughs> like, sleep, pirates. The pirates, they they gave up. They they went home at the All Star break. No, that's a team that's given up. Like they're just dumb. They don't care. They hate their owner. They hate their manager. They hate the world. Um, they hate their parents. <laughs> they. Hate- I hate everything. So tomorrow so, you yeah. get you get you Darvish against Drew Smiley, who sucks. Then you get three with the Pirates. And, so uh, you sweep you, the Pirates, and at worst you've got a 500 road trip, and that's fine. And then I'm buying back in, and then the Giants come in here, and they're no damn good. And I don't care, Bruce Bochy last year, Magic or whatever, go fuck yourself. And then you beat them, and then the Nationals, whatever. I mean, we know what the ride is. I know what the ride is. Like I, I know how this is gonna go. Then they're gonna go play the Mets, and that's gonna suck because like. It's the Mets, um, but yeah, I, mean, I, I you know I can map out the rest of the season here. It's just it's just super super annoying that that we constantly do this, and they're very strange. And I sort of wonder if we aren't in for like a very surprising winner, where like Pio's like, yeah, you know what? I I'm not doing this. I'm not I'm not limboing under the bar for these dumbass trust fund kids anymore. I'm going home. And I'm going to wait for my Hall of Fame birth. And then they turn over to Jed Hoyer. And we've seen what Jed Hoyer looks like when he doesn't have Theo around. And it's not all that impressive. <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, I, I could definitely see. It would not shock me that Theo doesn't get to the 10th year of his Cub tenure. No, I mean, I, I, I mean, wouldn't either. But, like, he could easily go out and just throw the Ricketts under the bus. And no one no one's going to blame him. Be like, look, I was made promises, and they broke those promises. I can't work like this. We can't do what we came here to do like this. I'm out of here. And no one's going to say boo. And you know what? He'd be right. Um, you know, and then maybe the Ricketts would face some tough questions, but they'd have to be out there for, to do that. And they aren't. Well, he doesn't sit in his third-row seat no. much anymore, does he? It's amazing how we don't see. Amazing how that works. Little oily-haired Tom is... Not to be seen anytime anymore. All right. Well, let's get let's get let's get micro here. Are we also supposed to think Anthony Rizzo is hurt, or is this just a really weird slump? It's. I don't know. It's got to be something. I don't know if right? it's his back. It's got to be something because it's a very weird season because he still has numbers that are the best of his career. Yeah, like in some he's categories. just not hitting home runs. Right in a year when. There are guys who can't avoid hitting them. It's never been easier to hit a home You're run. Right. And the, our big 30 home run first baseman is not hitting them. Well, in our in our MVP third baseman has 24, which is like a fine number. That's totally fine. But like you'd think like, well, with the baseball the way it is, shouldn't he have like 35? Yeah, you'd think you should have, you know, you should have your corner infielders with a legit shot at each hitting 40 home runs this year. Right. And they're going to hit 
28 30. and 30. Probably. Probably. And then I was reading today, God, God bless Sahadev, um, that, well, normally we'd put Rizzo in the leadoff spot because he is getting on base. He's taking good at bats. And that's what Joe likes to do with struggling guys, which I like. Like, let's accentuate what these guys do well. Yeah, and especially right since you don't have a leadoff guy, you might as well use that as a spot to get guys going. But then he says, well, they can't do that now because Jason Hayward has made it clear that he doesn't want to be bounced up and down the lineup. It's like, motherfucker, yeah, you're gonna... you, put up, you put up three good months because you were terrible in May. So you put up three good months, and all of a sudden you're telling people where you're going to hit? Well, what was the excuse tonight? Hayward couldn't He's play. Left and... knee. Right. right, but then so here's Tony, Tony Kemp let off. Let's take the worst hitter on the team and let's get him the most at bats tonight. That'd right, be great. And, and, okay, and then last night, so why do you Albert Almora is in the lineup again. Yes. And look, I look. I understand Joe's trying to get everybody going here because at some point Almora's probably going to take a big at bat, and you at least want him to be a bench, a bat off the bench in the last month. But he he has lost his job. He had a chance to grab the center field job, and he dropped it. Like he is bad. His future here is over. So the, he comes up with two outs, runners on second and third, I believe. Yep. And you got Cheese Sweat and Vargas <laughs> on the hill. Which ought to be know? that ought to be the one guy in the league that Albert crushes. Who you know, you know Vargas's fastball can't break wind. So he's going to throw soft on the outside. That's what he's going to do. That's just just dump one over the second baseman's head. Two two run score. You're up three two. What does Albert do? He does every at bat, trying to yank this curveball that's off the outside corner over the left field foul pole, grounds it to short, and of course, you know he needs a rascal to get the first faster, <laughs> and he's out, and then the inning's over. Albert's an, just... Albert's an interesting combination of a guy who's too slow to to use speed and too weak to use power. <laughs> but other than that, he's great. Other than that, he's a fine player. Now I get it. You got a lefty on the hill and all that. You know what? Ian Happ hits right-handed. So does Victor Caratini. Like I, we well, don't he also need... had a lefty with reverse splits, so just right. play Schwarber. Just play Schwarber or anybody. <laughs> as bad as David Bodie has been, he's still a better option than Albert Elmora. Yes. No, there's there was no reason for that. Right. Albert Amora is your defensive replacement. That's what he is. That's just how it's going to be. And he's played himself into that. But there he was, biggest at bat of the game for the Cubs, rollover grounder. I mean, one thing that has become painfully clear is that the, the Cubs do a terrible job of self-evaluation. Yes. Because they should have spotted two years ago, looked at Albert and said, nope, it's not there. When other teams are like... Well, he, hey, he, he might be a pretty pick. good player. Right. He's a great defensive player. He's, you know, they talk themselves into it, and you're like, oh, I don't know, I guess. Oh, you're killing me. All right, to get this done, I guess we'll have to put Albert in. But they bought into it, that he was something that he clearly wasn't. And he's not, that's not the only guy. They've, they have not, I really expected that as these young players came up, a couple of them would stick. Others would get used to get other things. And they were so hell-bent on never trading off the big league roster that now we're kind of stuck with these guys. Well, you can say the same thing about Schwarber. Yeah. And I haven't given up on him yet, but he, you know, he if, if teams call about him in the winter, they're going to have to listen this time. And I don't know that teams are going to call about him in the winter because he just hasn't hit enough. He's a one-win player right now. Teams don't call about one, one-and-a-half-win players. They just don't. Or if they do, it's because they want to give you one of their Right, they want to give you their, their project. They want to switch. They want to swap one-win players. Right, change the scenery, guys. Um, I still think Schwarber can get higher. The higher. He was better than this last year, but you know, some of that was inflated due to getting to throw a lot of guys out because no one believed you could actually throw a baseball for like the first three quarters of last season. No, no, I'm going to run on him. <laughs> I got him this time. So, yeah. So, that that was last night's major complaint. I mean, the thing, like, okay, there are games where, yeah, you just get shut down by, you know, guys who are yellowing their jersey. Like, that's that happens, but it's more annoying when you've already pissed away so many games. Like, if you're on pace to win 95 games, you can take the odd, quirky game yeah. 
where you just don't hit it. Like, oh, well, yeah, that's baseball. And that's to me what the well, Trevor Bauer is actually good, even though he's a prick. Yeah. Um, despite what all the baseball writers have brought, Len Len's got to stop. I didn't with I, that. I don't get it. I mean, yeah, okay. Trevor Bauer he, has has proven on he, multiple pro- multiple different medium that he's an asshole. He's a penis, and and his you might you might marvel him. you might marvel at his ability to get the most out of himself as a player, right. but he's a he's a fucking asshole, and they did and, not and, need to glorify him for seven innings the other night. Was there just, was no Indian shedding a tear when he got traded. No, I mean, the... Hug watch did not happen in the Cleveland <laughs> no, clubhouse. but they were. They were all hugging each other. Yeah, right. Trevor was leaving, and they were hugging each other. He's gone. We got rid of him. And the thing is... And now like, they're in first place. It's fine. It's actually fine if you want to talk about all the ways that he studies himself and cameras and all that. Yeah, but and they were things. laying but it you on have, with... You have to tell the whole story. Yeah. You have to, if you're going to do that, it's fine. But then you have to talk about him berating a college student and his stupid ass views, his dangerous views, considering the, the makeups of the clubhouses he works in. Or, you know what? He still doesn't get enough shit for cutting his thumb yeah. off, fixing a drone in the playoffs. Well, my favorite, <laughs> my favorite Trevor Bauer stat is that the, the Cubs have won four World Series games in the last 74 years. And he pitched in all, all of them he, or three of he them? He pitched in three of them, and he was the losing pitcher in two. <laughs> yes, he was. And I was there for one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, well, yeah, I, when, don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. And I mean, when, I get it. When Miguel Montero was in Arizona, there were two teammates that he hated. Actively hated. Couldn't yeah. tell everybody how much he hated him. They were Adam Eaton, Adam Eaton and Trevor Bauer. And Trevor Bauer. He's proven to be a hundred percent right, <laughs> and he on both cases. Yes. Listen to Miggy. For Listen God's to sake. Miggy. And I, I mean, I get it that like Len just wants to be down the middle. He just wants to call the game. Doesn't want to stir anything up. But by talking about Trevor Bauer off the field, you've already stirred yeah. things up. I mean, I think he truly is fascinated by the way Bauer has turned himself into a pitcher, but you don't, you don't get to just tell half the story. No, you don't either. Tell none of the story or tell it all. Right. If you're going to go off the field, then let's have it. And you know, he's, he's had to tiptoe around Addison Russell this year. I want to give him some, not all the benefit of doubt because that is a fellow employee of the team he works for. But he, you know, there were more things he could have done, you know, Instead of saying, well, he was suspended, okay, no, no, tell us why. Say why. We all know. It's okay. It's not a surprise. Um, but, yeah, so that's been another feature of this season, which has made it oh so fun. Oh, yeah, um, we've had all kinds of fun off the field stuff, too. That's been... Oh, yeah. But so now we have to... It's about the- time. I would think we're getting close to another Rickett family email dump. Yeah. It's got to be one of the dead spins. I'm sure it's written. It's in the queue somewhere, just waiting to come out. Well, now we have to worry that Hamels is still hurt and is going to revert to whatever he was in Texas before he got healthy because he's been throwing utter meat for the past two starts. Hendricks is fine. Darvish is fine. Quintana's fine. I actually wrote about this yesterday. Lester's peripherals are better than the, better than you think. He's had a couple rough starts. He's not going to be John Lester, but he's fine. But is fine enough? I, I don't know. Like, they're a weird staff. They're, like, they're probably the only staff in baseball, at least amongst teams that aren't awful, that don't have an ace, but they don't have a fifth starter either. Yeah. They're, they're, right. they're, they're, they're kind of whatever you want to make them. You know, like you can look at them and project whatever you want onto them. The- it's like the guy you know who always gets girls because he doesn't talk. <laughs> And, like, they can just project whatever they want onto him. Like, oh, he's deep and mysterious. Oh, he's trouble. I can save him. Oh, he's just so cool. He doesn't have it. Whatever you want. You, he's not going to say anything. So screw that up. That's that's the Cubs pitching staff right now. It's whatever you want it to be. Yeah, they have the advantage. They, they run out of pitcher every night who should be good enough to win. Yeah. Except for Hamels, who might be hurt. Yeah, if he's hurt. Not, if he's hurt. You don't think 12 earned runs in the last two games is – is that bad? I think it's bad. I think it says bad. a lot but, about the says a lot about the Brewers that they couldn't you know we'll they couldn't get. hit him in the first game back off the DL. <laughs> you know what we'll get is we'll get the same thing we got in Texas, 
well, this was just such an emotional start for him. He couldn't handle it. Like when he got rocked in Texas, like, well, he, he was so amped up yeah. to be back in Texas. I find it hard to believe that the guy who was a NLCS MVP and a World Series MVP in the same season can't hand, can't when he's 10 years older and more mature can't bottle his emotions enough. To, Especially when you're pitching in front of what looks to be 15,000 people in Philadelphia. And 11,000 of them are Cub fans. Right? But that's, I, I can almost, by the time people hear this podcast, we'll already know. We don't know yet. But that's what, that's the story that'll come out. He was, he was too charged up, couldn't locate. That's also, and then he, he had all his nervous energy, he got tired. That's why he's throwing 89 miles an hour. I hope it's something. Other than that's, that's where we're gonna go. Other than ah, my oblique hurts and it's gonna hurt for a while. And, <laughs> and don't, it fell off. Don't, expl- don't expect <laughs> anything out of me. The don't expect anything out of me <laughs> because I'm toast. I have an oblique injury at 36 years old. Well, that would be the justification for not re-signing him. His oblique fell off. So we had we had the interesting. Um, I've always loved these. Whenever I love Dan Bernstein scoops about the Cubs, right? They're my favorite things. I don't listen to the score anymore, so you'll have to fill me in. Okay, so um, he was the one when you know Joe got asked about his job, you know, about getting a contract extension, right? And that's when Joe said, "Well, I think, I, you know, I think I'll be around for a couple more years." And blah blah blah. It was a very innocuous. I'm going to politely answer the question, but everybody here knows we don't know what the hell's going on, kind of thing. Right. And then the next day, Bernstein said that he knew that the the Cub front office was mad. They were pissed, is what he said. They're pissed at Madden for saying that, and um, they weren't. <laughs> and but this is the same guy who went out on a limb and assured everybody that the the personal services contract that Kerry Wood signed after he retired guaranteed that he was going to be either in the TV or the radio booth within two years. And we see how that happened. <laughs> but my favorite was during Chris Bryant's rookie year, he had a couple of, there were a couple of Mondays where he was out with the flu. And yeah, basically Bernstein was said he's hung over, you know, he's diagnosing Chris Bryant's alcoholism for a guy who does not drink. Who does not drink. So the next scoop Dan gets that's right about the Cubs <laughs> will be the first. Well, and I, I had a friend who worked in the industry, bartending industry, who was trying to tell me about some guy who saw some girl who saw Chris Bryan in some bar, and I'm like, he, he was loaded. And I was like, he doesn't drink. <laughs> He's like, well, why is he in this bar? I'm like, well, he can still go to yeah. bars. He has friends who like to go. He, he has go friends with. who like to go drink. You're not. You can go to a bar and not drink. I've never done it. Like I've, I've never successfully accomplished it. But I have seen people who go to bars and don't drink. Um. So yeah, that's that's the good stuff right there. I was heartened to see that um, our good friend, what is his name? Aristides Aquino. Aristides. Is that his first name? Aristides. Aristides. Uh, Homered again tonight. Yeah, he's got nine home runs in his first fourteen games. It's not just the Cubs. <laughs> Although I, I could not believe that he was getting anything anywhere near the plate at all. He shouldn't. And some, one guy was like, that pitch, the one-off hitters that jammed him, and he still hit it out. He should have been able to. That should have been in the other, <laughs> that should have been in the left-handed batter's box because that dude does not, not only does he not want to walk, he does not want to take a pitch. He's up there hacking, and he can get to a lot of stuff, so don't throw him anything he can get to. Well, Lester seemed to figure it out yeah. for a couple of bats. Where he's like, he throws a good first strike. He's like, okay, I'm not going anywhere near the plate on this guy. I'm up on one. I'm going to make him come to me. Uh, and Aquino's walk rate in AAA was a little better than I thought. It's not, like, great. Well, it's 23 times in 323 at-bats. It's not good. No, it's not good. He's, he does not want to walk. Um, yeah, that's just some strange shit. <laughs> like, but, like... There's always that one team, uh, you know, it's, and it's usually the Reds. Well, the Cubs but, seem to have a lot of guys that they can't, like, they can't get Ozzy Albies out. No matter they what they, they do, no they one gets Ozzy Albies. Well, no one gets Acuna out. Right. People get, People get Albies out. out. The Cubs don't. The Cubs don't. Um, they don't get Eugenio Suarez out. Right. They don't get Eugenio Suarez out. 
you know, there's a, there's a whole list of guys that they never seem to make an adjustment on. It's like, no, no, no. Our vaunted pitching infrastructure says this is how we do it. Right. Keep doing it. It'll work. Well, all right. We're tired this of time. fishing balls out of the bleachers. Can we try something else? It's it's Homer with the potato chips and the puppies. This time. <laughs> and then, all right. So I'm looking at Kino. In AAA, he had a 7% walk rate. And he walked, he walked 23 times in 323 play appearances. You're right. Okay. Well, still, you're, you're right. <laughs> like, just stop throwing him strikes and let's see what happens. It, it, I could see a guy hitting you, but repeatedly hitting 450-foot bombs. <laughs> right. It seems like there's another approach. Yes. Maybe, maybe have him settle for a double once in a while. Maybe the guys we have scouting in places like El Paso and Memphis well, I, don't wonder, always get it right. They, because the Cubs, this used to be a thing that always happened because they were bad, but it continues to happen to them now that they're successful. They can't. If somebody brings a pitcher up from AAA, that dude is going to go six scoreless against the Cubs. <laughs> we haven't no figured score. him out yet. <laughs> and if you bring up a hitter, it's that guy. He's three for three before they know what happened. It's like, why isn't the approach with a young hitter prove you can lay off these pitches instead of let's see if he can hit the fastball? I have a feeling they can hit the fastball. That's how they made it to the big leagues. Try the <laughs> other stuff and see how well, that. Apparently, works. apparently today. A couple days ago, James Fagan, Fagan, who have the White Sox beat, yeah. uh, wrote a story about how as little little long ago as 2015, uh, the White Sox minor league system, when it was under Buddy Bell, in AAA, they would hand the scouting reports to the hitters in Charlotte, and it was basically the pitcher's hand in this ERA mm-hmm. and record. That's as far as the White Sox have gotten. But it kind of sounds like the Cubs are there, too. Yeah. Oh, this guy's right-handed. Okay, I'm ready to go. Scouting report on every hitter is he likes first-pitch fastballs, doesn't do well with sliders low and away. Right. Who That's doesn't? every hitter ever. That's every hitter ever. So maybe go a little deeper than that. <laughs> if we could. That was like when uh, when Steve Stone was supposedly, you know, I don't know, a mind reader, and he would – a hitter would get into or get into account where the pitcher he was behind the pitcher and he'd be like, you know, if he throws him a slider low and away, he's going to get him. And it would happen enough where people are like, wow, look wow. at that. It's like that. Yes, that's what teams do. It's like this when guy Tony, pitched the big leagues like, for 15 years. It's like when Tony Romo predicts. It's like when Tony Romo predicts plays before they happen, which isn't his job. It's like, oh, this is going to be a run to the left. Like, yeah, of course. They're- you're a quarterback. You see they're lined up this way. They line. Yeah, I, I get it. Like, I don't see that, and that's great that you do that, but your job is actually to tell me what happened after the play. Yeah. Um, also, Tony Romo sucks. <laughs> but that's, so again, that's not why you called. You don't like uh, all, the, all the laughing and anybody who likes Jim Nance that much. And the noises. And Jim I, Nance is worse. I really worry about anybody who gets that much enjoyment from sitting next to Jim Nance. It's amazing how little thought goes into like number one play. Like, like if you, if anyone actually listens to Alex Rodriguez, he has nothing to say. It was actually, it it was Jessica wasn't there Sunday night because she got in a car accident. Car accident. And Alex should have had his stuff in that car instead of the one that he did have it in, where it all got (laughs) stolen. Um, and you, I realized I didn't. I don't watch that much of Sunday Night Baseball. I I, I hate Sunday Night Baseball. I don't like it when yeah, the Cubs it, are on because it fucks up my. I'm supposed to be writing my column then. And right. I really don't want to have to. I always have to wait or at least part of it to see if anything happens that I should be writing about. It's um, a show, much less more, less than a more than a broadcast. But he was <laughs> even worse without her. Yeah. It was like, oh shit! This is that's a really bad sign. And yes. like, I think she's good i don't yeah, think she's great i would be fine if it was just her investor she always has to like play to alex and like she always they like make her suck up to alex and you don't have to and he, alex Rodriguez will have that job as long as he wants jim nance has been working for 30 years and as far as i can tell for no reason i can't decide if he's worse in the booth or as the host of that pregame show because the pregame show always tempted it whenever jim nance ended a sentence with the word man it was the most awkward thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like when he felt the need to to be cool, quote unquote, 
I like, oh God, your skin would just crawl right off your body. I have managed to avoid football pregame shows for oh yeah. Forever. I think and I might be a I might be a good decade in now I, where I have right. I, I literally I, I, football for me starts at twelve oh one. I only There's caught those on things by accident. Um, no, I watch the Sunday morning English Premier League game, which usually starts at ten yep. and takes you right to like eleven fifty five, and then I go to the bathroom. I either head over to my buddy's place or prepare my place for him to come over. And yeah, eleven fifty nine, I turn on the Bears. But what I don't. There's a lot of things I don't get about – I don't get networks approaches to these things. I don't understand why they treat Sunday Night Baseball like it's a show instead of a game because right. no one tunes in for the show. So you might it's as well – It's no longer – it's might not just, NBC's Game of the Week anymore. Yeah, you might like, just cover it like a normal game because the people who are watching, that's what they're watching for. Right. Nobody gives a shit what A-Rod thinks and about it, anything. The only people who are watching are baseball nerds like myself, and I don't even watch that many Sunday Night games because usually I'm burned out by then. I also don't understand why networks or fans pay... of the local teams, fans of the two yeah. teams. I don't understand why networks pay so much for the number one f- football teams, broadcast teams, when nobody watches for them anyway. You watch the game because you know the Bears are on, or it's Monday night and you're gambling, or you have nothing else to do. It doesn't or matter dr- who the announcers drunk. are. Why? Why? Why are you paying Tony Romo nine million dollars a year? And Jim Nance, God knows what. For just no reason. We'd watch it no matter who was on. And we'd bitch Although about I, it. And we'd bitch I, about it because it's fun to bitch about. I will say this. I must be the only Joe Buck fan in Chicago. Uh, I have never understood what everyone's problem with it is. I think people look for him to have a bias. I have never – I don't hear it. It must be a, a offshoot of sports guy thinking he hated the Red Sox when he didn't. And was like actively rooting for the Yankees, even though he never was. He's from St. Louis. Yeah, I just had a general St. Louis guilt by association. Yeah, and that's fair. And but like, and yeah, he got the job because of his dad. But like, he'll tell you he got the job. Of it's like he's happy to tell you that. Well, I'm I'm happy to admit, kind of happy to admit. I will admit his final his call of the final out of the 2016 World Series is so much better than Pat's. It's perfect. It's and his call of the NLCS. He's very good, and a lot of broadcasters have this problem. He lets the moment tell yeah. the story. He never and puts I, himself. And over I understand it. there's a there's the fundamental difference between TV and radio, yeah, and that if absolutely. Pat doesn't tell us what happens, we don't know what happened. That's that's right. what happens to Zach in the fifth inning. We don't know what's going on. Um, and I also understand that Pat was saddled with the fact that in the middle of his call, he had to work in a fucking state farm ad. Right. <sighs> But just the mechanics of the, um, but, you know, it, it was even it wasn't even the initial call. It was he he called it. Then there was the pause, and there was and the Cubs have finally won it all. And then he shut up right. for like five minutes. Yeah, it was great. He just let while he, Pat he's, was he's going on about the Cubs dance, jumping around on the field like a bunch of delirious nine year olds. Right, thought, what radio what you can't really that? let you can't really let the moment play out because all we hear is like that kind of uh, you know crowd noise. But yeah, I, f- I feel like when he's doing football or baseball, uh, Joe Buck like just lets the moment play out and he fills in the blanks or whatever. Well, and he yeah, okay. I think people get a transfer annoyance with John Smoltz over to him, yeah. and that I understand. Uh, there things people got pissed off at Joe for was there was a time when he actively acted like he didn't want to be doing baseball, and he was doing. Yep. It. Well, and there was a time in football where he was trying to be. Pat Summerall. Well, you have he to just be drunk to be talking. Pat yeah. yeah, that's right. Pat wasn't, you know, so everybody's, well, Pat learned from Ray Scott. Well, Ray was probably drunk too. Um, the reason they didn't talk very much is because they were too busy drinking. <laughs> they um, were drunk. And then Joe finally just said, screw it, I'm just going to announce. And right. I mean, I, I feel like he's saddled with Troy. Troy is a walking head injury who only says a few lucid things a game. My favorite thing about Troy used to be when he first started as the announcer was they would put a graphic up and he would read the entire thing out loud. I loved it. There's My Troy reading it to us about... slowly, but he's reading it. I don't know My if he learned to read at UCLA or Oklahoma, but somewhere he learned to read and he's showing it off. It was the first couple of years he was on the job and it was like the first or second season at the new stadium in Philadelphia and they were doing an Eagles game. And somewhere in the middle of the second quarter, like five Eagles fans 
just turn around and start chanting Eggman sucks. Like clearly <laughs> into their microphones. Like they can't avoid it. And so Joe's having fun with it. He's like, oh, the Eagles fans showing their long-term appreciation for my partner. And Eggman is just silent. You know, like he, he wouldn't know how to react. That. But like, I kind of like, and it wasn't like during a big moment. Or was it wasn't even during a timeout. I just love the attitude of these five guys on like second down in the second quarter. Like, hey, let's turn around and tell Aikman he sucks. Yeah, that's and a, like, so. that's as, almost as good as the time that uh, Broncos fan hit Phil Sims with a snowball. Well, during, I'm headed to Denver the week two, so well, there won't be any snowballs. But eh, it's Denver. I could get I could get hit with something. I was in Colorado Springs in July and it snowed. So did it? Yep, it could happen. It can happen. Um. Yeah, but Denver has the 300 days of sunshine a year. That's what I think a lot of people don't realize about Denver. It's extremely temperate. Yes. Um, but yes, I will be there for week two. Say hi if you're out there, Cubs fans. Um, all right, so can I end with a story? Yes, go ahead. A completely unrelated story. So I mentioned at the beginning I've been having problems in my kitchen sink. They sent a plumber today to unclog it, and the clog was like beyond the – the sinks drains and into the drains that go into the building's Yo. system. And I, I hear this kind of pop. I'm in the living room there in the kitchen and I hear this pop. And he kind of says, oh, excuse me, sir. And I'm like, yep. He's like, do you have any towels? I was like, oh. yeah. And he's like, okay. And he described the plug as catastrophic. <laughs> catastrophic. And I'm like, well, so I go to hand him like a normal towel. He's like, you probably don't want to use that because he shows me his gloves and his hands. And they're just like black. So we go through a roll of paper towels cleaning up. But like, how does a kitchen sink plug get cat? I mean, I don't put anything weird down there. Like, you know, I just do my dishes. And it was catastrophic. Uh, anyway, that was my day. And there's a weird smell in there right now. I'm not going to lie to you. I've cleaned it, but it still smells weird. Well, I got home at 20 after 5, and my wife is was on the phone with my mother-in-law when I got home. Okay. And I can hear her upstairs. She's still on the phone with her. <laughs> and that all that means is that I get a very long animated recap right. once this is over. Yeah. So and I'm sure you're very excited. Really looking forward to that. <laughs> um, all right. Well, can I do some shameless self-promotion? Absolutely. Because I've come on this podcast now for a while, and I, I get some good feedback, which I don't understand at all. But for those of you who don't follow me, you can follow me on Twitter, at Fellsgate. Andy will post that later. Uh, my website is faxesfromuncledale.com. We are currently doing all Chicago sports, so please come, read, subscribe, enjoy. Uh, if you like what you hear here, if you like what you hear here, there's probably something wrong with you. But that's okay. There's something wrong with all of our readers, so that's fine. You'll fit right in. And uh, we, I have my own hockey podcast. Usually, we deviate during the summer. Uh, it's called Live from the Five Hole. Uh, so please, please check all those out. And uh, otherwise, I'm going to go bankrupt quicker than the athletic is. <laughs> hey, now. I can tell you they're not going to go bankrupt based on what they pay me. <laughs> Well, fair enough, but you're I, not. You're I love. I, lo I love every time they sign somebody, you know, somebody big, and right. people are like, "Oh, they're just burning through cash." And I'm like, I, "Could they burn through some my way?" <laughs> you're right. If you're gonna I do did, that, my agent did a terrible job of negotiating. Could you my... send some of the flames over here? <laughs> yeah, whoever my agent is, he or she <laughs> did a terrible job with my contract because they're not burning it for my sake. No. But I got um, in. I got in before they got any money, and uh, have not been bright enough to ever renegotiate. Well, the debate is whether they actually have the money at all. But we hope they do for your sake. Yes, I hope they do, and um, for and for people who like quality sports writing. Indeed. So go to both those sites. They're kind of like uh, 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 they go one hand in the other. They do. You, you go to the athletic for quality sports writing, <laughs> and then you go come to ours for aging punk rockers who are still drunk and just want to swear a lot and occasionally play with numbers. And uh, you'll get both sides. You get the cool kids and then the outcasts and you can be right in the middle. Not that Andy's one of the cool kids, let's be honest, but he's playing like one. Yes. What? No, no. <laughs> I just enjoy that. I stick out like a sore thumb on the athletic. 
That's very funny. Even if they were to do like a photo shoot, you would kind of <laughs> like, wait stick out. Although you and Lazarus kind of look alike. Who so is that guy. <laughs> you 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 can be the tall doofuses in the back. Yeah. Stop making faces, guys. Who? What are we? No, we're not making faces. This is my face. <laughs> Maybe you want me to make a face. Is that right. what you're saying? Right. This is just my face. Uh, all right, then. All right, well, good. Hopefully, the next time we do this, the Cubs will have won a game or two. Well, they'll have just played the Pirates, so you'd, you'd like to think they would have won a couple games. And we'll have that exciting Little League game in the books. That'll be fun. Right. Is that game going to have a bunch of kids screaming in the background? Oh, I hope so. Okay, that's I going hope they're right here. by the field mic. And I love ESPN's field mic that makes any time the ball hits anything. Sound Sounds like, like a, a nuclear a, meltdown. Yeah, it's like, holy, oh, wow, he crushed that. Oh, it's a pop-up to second base. <laughs> right. Sounds like a gunshot. Um, so, yeah, that I'll probably watch that game at the bar on mute then if there's just going to be screaming children everywhere. I can't have that in my life. All right. All right. Well, well it was good you. talking to you. Talk to you next week.